What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I am your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. And we're coming at you again on location, live, not live, but we're recording live today at the uh, University of Tennessee Field Days. And they have a big crowd gathering. It's uh, going to be a good day. We got great weather. We're right here on the river, uh, enjoying the, the uh, all the different things they got going on. And I'm in, getting a chance to sit down with some industry professionals, some friends of mine, people I've known for a while. And I have the golf course superintendent at Cherokee Country Club here in Knoxville, Mr. Jason Sanderson, with me right now. How you doing? Good, BJ. Morning. Morning. How you? How's everything? Everything's great. You excited about the day? Excited about the day. Can't believe how great the weather is. Yeah. I, Man, it was the, I don't know what you had. Did you go by the course at all this morning? I did. It was 59 when I got to this morning. Yeah, park. it was like 57 out here. I didn't, nobody told me I needed a pullover. I was like, man, it's, I wasn't ready for that. But it's a, it's a gorgeous day. There's not a cloud in the sky. And it uh, looks like they're going to have a lot of fun here. What, what are you excited about seeing? Uh, just all this different stuff that Dr. Braz and Dr. Horvath, Dr. Yeah. Schrock and I have going on. Yeah. Um, always learn something, take a few nuggets every year from this. Yeah. Um, most years there's 500 plus people here. It's yeah. pretty crazy how big it's gotten. Yeah. You're right here in the backyard, so you can speak a little bit of this. You deal with UT a lot. You got you know a lot of those guys. What how influential how influential have they been with you and sort of what you've been what you've got going? Fantastic. I talked to uh, Dr. Brosnan, Horvath Strzok, and I talk to them all probably at least once a month. Some of them more than that. Uh, they swing by the course yeah. from time to time. Um, talk to Dr. Horvath a lot about just different fungicides and things and rotations and right. stuff I'm doing, stuff he's seeing, yeah. you know, anything new coming down the pipe for, you know, some of the stuff we're seeing. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's been pretty great to have these guys right here. Yeah. They got they got a great thing going. They're doing big things. Evidenced by this research day, I think, you know, I can't speak to everyone because I don't go to a lot of other university research, but I hear that, you know, this is this is pretty special. It is. They've done fantastic with yep. the program. The field day's part of it. You know, yep. joke. You know, I graduated from Tennessee in 2000. Yeah. When I graduated, we had a turf class. Now they've <laughs> got a turf program. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite a bit different now. And you know, I always try to have a couple kids working for me every summer. Yeah. Uh, from over there, and it, it's it's really good. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue. Talk a little bit about um, people for people who don't know who you are, and uh, may not know Jason at all or where you came from. Talk a little bit about your background and sort of how you ended up at Cherokee. Well, grew up in Pigeon Forge right there in the middle of the mountains. Uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. Met a guy that worked on a golf course. Thought that sounded cool. Yeah. Uh, went to work with him a couple times and fell in love with it. Uh, ended up at school at UT. Uh, worked at Gallenberg Golf Course for Jeff Rump for two years. I worked at, did an internship at Black Creek. Not at Black Creek. Scott Wicker's now at Black Creek. When yeah. I worked for him, it was at Lookout Mountain. Sure. Um, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I've heard that. I want to get down it's there. It's phenomenal. Uh, and then I worked for Gary Weller down at Council Fire as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the best people you'd ever meet. Yep. And then uh, in 
fall of 2000, I came I went to start work at Cherokee as an assistant. Yeah. I worked for Chris Sykes, and I worked for Chris for four years. He took a job in Florida, uh-huh. uh, and I got the superintendent's job in 2004. Yeah. So next year will be 16 years as superintendent. Wow, that'll be good. So it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's been good and bad, ups and downs, just like everything. But yeah. I, I love it. Still love it. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing in this business. I mean, it's a it's a it's a job. You you most people that do it love it. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of moving parts, especially being in a private club like we both have been at and you are you're currently at. I mean, you can probably speak to many of the downsides, yep. but it, the, it's it's good and bad yep. all the time. You know, it's it all depends on who's in charge and how much they like you or how much they don't like you. And there's a lot of politics yeah. goes on, but you know, luckily the grass has been good enough to where the politics yeah. haven't mattered that much. Sure. So. So speak a little bit about that. What do you got going over there at uh, Cherokee? I mean, you've been there a while now. Uh, what changes have you seen? Some of the things you've got uh, excited about over there? Well, in 2004, when I took over, we had uh, nine Pincross and nine Crenshaw Bentgrass Greens, front and back were different. Yeah. Um, in 2008, uh, we rebuilt them all. I have A1 now on USGA spec greens. Um, Ron Pritchard was our architect. He came in, redesigned them all. We redid all the bunkers. New irrigation system. We spent about three million dollars on the golf course in 2008. Yeah, um, and so it's pretty spectacular. After that, minor tweaks and adjustments since then, but we're yeah. always evolving. You know, adding tees. You know, yeah. removing some trees. You know, you know, adding drainage, things like that. There's always something going sure. on. So I mean, we're currently we're you know, ripping out all the old water fountains and putting in new water stations with ice machines. There and you go. Coolers and that whole deal. Cause yeah. the water fountains are no longer good enough. <laughs> the little things, man, all the little things. Yeah. So that's when we're focusing on that, the grass is good and yeah. everything else is good. So we've, you know, had a phenomenal summer. We hosted the state four ball the second week of July, uh, had a hundred something guys yeah. played all week and they, they raved about the golf course. So it was, it was good. So we've been good. Yeah. They, uh, mm. It's a Donald Ross design, isn't it? Is. Original? It's, it's original Donald Ross yeah. design. Uh, Dan Maples redid it in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and made it easier to maintain, but it lost some of its character. Right. Um, Ron Pritchard came in. We, the club hired him in 98 to do a long-term master restoration plan. Right. So we did some bunkers in 2002, did everything else in 2008. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of, that Ross is kind of his specialty. He worked on Aronomy and Beverly, and he redid Charlotte Country Club. And sure ton of courses in the northeast minicahata up in minneapolis which is really cool yeah um so he's kind of known for that and it, it's definitely he thinks of himself as donald ross reincarnate sometimes so he's, <laughs> well, he's that guy i don't know <laughs> i love donald ross he's my favorite architect i always said if if i ever fell into a golf course that was a ross design that's probably where i'd want to stay because i mean it just there's something about it i don't know what it is but you you know you've probably been on enough of them when you walk on a Donald Ross design golf course, there's just something about it. You can just be like, okay, this is a little bit different place. It's got a special feel, and I don't know what it is. I don't even know how to explain it, but that's it what I get. It's, it's kind of a different thing. It's, you know, it's always fun to play. Yeah. You know, some of them are difficult, some of them are easier, but they're always fun. Yeah. It's all kinds of options. You know, most of our green surrounds are really shaved down. Yeah. And, you know, there's seven different club options from four feet off the green. Depends on what you want to do, and it really makes you think, and there's – undulating greens and you know wide fairways generally and so it's you know it's there's some penal bunkers but yeah. it's it's always a lot of fun seems to be yeah you know most all of them i've ever been on I've ever played you know holston hills across town is a good example it's a phenomenal golf course you know, yeah i love holston ross did it in the late 20s and yeah. it's just it's so cool i mean they're 700 yards longer than we are um but our golf course is probably a little harder sure but holston's wide open and we're 
wide open, but the whole golf course only sits on 90 acres. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, I, I we, we spent some time on the property a couple weeks ago, or it may have been longer now, but, uh, I mean, you've got a unique setup over there. It's a small golf course in terms of acreage. Uh, you've got, I think, what, six par threes? Six par threes. We're still par 70 because yeah. we have four par fives yeah. still. But six par threes that range in length from 135 to 240. Yeah. So there's quite a big variation there. You know, the par fives, the guys, the kids now can all get all the par fives in two. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of them longer, a couple of them are shorter. Yeah. Um, but it, it, 90 acres, everything's in play. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a rectangle. We've got road, we're bordered by railroad tracks on one side, the road on the other. And we are completely 100% landlocked. Um, so what we've got is what we've got. Um, yeah. Richard added a few tees in, in 2002 and a couple more in 2008. We stretched it all the way out to 6,400 yards. That's from uh, the tips. That's from the tips. Par 70, though. Par 70. Yeah. That's Par still 70. pretty good. It is. It is. I think the, the uh, course record right now is a 63. And I think Peter Malnati, who's on tour, and Scott Stallings, who's on tour, have both shot that. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're around every now and then and play. And yeah. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a really – Cool piece of property, kind of the whole place is kind of on the side of the hill. Yeah, it all drains to one spot, um, but it's it's fun, has its challenges. We yeah. removed fifteen hundred plus trees off that ninety acres, and yeah. still have plenty. <laughs> um, so, but it, we really opened it up. And yeah. it's, it's a very different looking golf course than it was when I got there in two thousand. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you've been there what sixteen years now or something, and I mean, you've got to have seen tons of changes and different things and. And uh, I mean, it's a really special piece of property. It's, I mean, it looked in great shape when I was over there the other day. You guys are doing a great job over there. Yeah, it's really cool. The clubhouse is actually across the street, but it sits up on a bluff in the Tennessee River, big bend in the river. It's gorgeous views. And we have the terrace, and so the club's the club's thriving right now. The economy's good, so the club's thriving. Everything's good, but the golf course is good. They just finished a pool renovation, and now they're talking dining reservation uh, renovation and in a few years we're going to work on the driving range and talk about that pool renovation because i was impressed with that that was pretty it, awesome it is uh we don't talk about pools no, much on here but i know you gotta people gotta see this it's it's pretty pretty spectacular yeah. um it feels like a five-star resort when you walk in yeah. now the previous pool was built in the late 70s and had a couple little facelifts but it was lack severely lacking as composed opposed to the rest of the facilities on yeah. property so they Opened their checkbook, spent the money. We now have two pools, the Junior Olympic for the swim team and laps for members. And we have the kids' pool with shade structures and water features and chairs that are on a shelf about a foot in the water. We also have the Overlook Grill and Bar now where you can get a sandwich and look over that great view of the Tennessee River, yeah. have a beer, there's TVs. Um, they're doing live music every Friday night out there. Um, we had a Oyster Fest. Friday night there were 600 people at the pool for the Oyster Fest. Wow. So it's just, it's been spectacular. Crazy yeah. enough, we used to average about 100 people a day at the pool, and it's over 400 a day so far yeah. since we opened. Woo. So it's busy. Yeah. What's the membership like at Cherokee? Um, we're thriving right now. Yeah. We are seven people away from having a waiting list for resident members. Sure. 540 is our resident member number. Um, we have associates and seniors and sure. lady members and everything. Our total number is about 870. Yeah. Um, so, so we're busy. Rounds of golf, we're up 2,000 rounds year to date over last year. Yeah. Uh, so the club is the whole club's busier. Yeah. So, what are some what are some of the challenges that you run into over there as far as maintain maintenance? You know, things you got to deal with on a daily basis. Um, you know, we I've got old nasty Bermuda grass. Yeah. What kind of Bermuda grass you have? I said I've got all of it. Yeah. 
Um, all of them. All of them. <laughs> and the fairways, are, there's mutations. There's 419, 328, yeah. mid-lawn, GN1, TIFF Tough, TIFF Sport, TIFF Grand. Is that because you've just tried a bunch of different stuff? or In the last 10 years, we've tried a bunch yeah. of stuff. But because the fairways are, there's some common in a few spots. We've tried to get rid of all of it. But they sprigged the golf course in the early 80s with yeah. 419, long before they certified grasses. You know, a few spots it's really good, a few spots it's really bad. Yeah. So we slowly tried to get rid of some of that. Uh, but we're you know, all Bermuda grass. We've got a few zoysia tees we put in, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, we, there's Xeon, um, you know, the A1 greens, big grass greens still. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the challenges are just people go other places and their golf courses are very pretty and yeah. they're uniform. And we have nothing like that. Right. So it's very different when you stand on the tee and look. And it plays really well because of everything we do to it, but it doesn't look the best at right. times. I imagine that creates a challenge, you know, spring transitions and different different times of the year because, I mean, Bermudas, they're all over the place with spring what they do. Spring and fall, it's huh. it, spring's really ugly. Yeah. It, it just really is. Huh. And you'll have members go play a Zoysia grass golf course, yeah. and they come back, and they're like, what's, what's wrong with our grass? I'm right. Like, well, our grass is terrible. Theirs is great. Yeah. So that's part of it. But, yeah, we're very – it looks camouflaged in spring. There's purples and blues and greens sure. and browns. and. And once summer gets rolling, growth regulators and fertility, we can even them out pretty well. Yeah. But first few frosts that hit, I have some really nice big brown spots and some that are just thriving yeah. green as well. And yeah. So there's a month in the spring, a month in the fall where the golf course is very interesting looking. Sure. So the obvious question is, is, that, is there something down the road that you guys are looking at maybe regrassing? Potentially uh, 2028 right now is Phase one was the pool, phase two, some outdoor dining, and phase three is the golf course. Yeah. Um, we're looking at regrassing potentially wall-to-wall, uh, maybe doing some tweaks to some other things as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of looking a little bit at everything. Just on know. paper right now? It's on paper. It's on yeah. paper. I'm going to start next year. I've made a few phone calls. We'll start visiting some guys and yeah. seeing what they put in. You know, I, looking very, at Zoysia at all? Yeah. You're very intrigued yeah. by the Zoysia. Maybe, yeah. You know, in the short grass areas. Sure. Give us some good definition and then. Probably still go Bermuda grass in the roughs. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have, you know, Zoysian fescue. It's just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. It's just a little too hot and humid here for yeah. fescue in the roughs with car traffic and things of that nature. So, but yeah, I mean, looking hard at some of the new Zoysians, yeah. you know, the Zeons, and you know, I, I may go to Texas and look at that Trinity golf course. Sure. Um, everything on Twitter and on social media, the place looks unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, L1F, Trinity, and then there's another one. And, yeah, have you checked so, out the, the Zoysia grass? Well, tri- the, the, that's on the greens, but, I mean, they right. got Zoysias well, all over. I've talked to Srocken quite a bit about yeah. it and some of the new ones coming yeah. out. I guess Primo's a new one as well. Maybe it's for yeah. greens grade. And so I've, yeah. I've talked to Srocken quite a bit about what he's doing over here. Yeah. Greens grade and greens height. But, you know, I'd love to mow my fairways at, you know, 250-300 in the summer yeah. with one of those fine-leaf Zoysias. It'd be gorgeous. <laughs> so. I, I tell you, I'm excited about the Zoysias. And, I mean, in this area, we, we just had Jason Pooler on – uh, earlier and um, he's in the sod business and you know we're talking about zoysias and being in the transition zone and Bermuda's so finicky and you know you're dealing with and zoysia sort of a better option but you know it's it's kind of all over the place and and so you know if you're facing a, a greens grass you know regrassing man I think that's such a you gotta you gotta at least consider it I mean, in your in your fairways because you can you can you, you get over the the fact your the grass is going to be consistent now. Yep, absolutely. Whereas Bermudas, you, you still may not know. I mean, no, I know you can go know. with Latitude or Northbridge or some of these new ones. Right, but some of the new ones are a lot better, yep. and we've put a lot of Tiff Tough down, and I love that grass. Yeah. Um, it, the 
on the range tee, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It recovers so fast. Yeah. I mean, it's really good grass, but, you know, latitude's the same way. But just from a consistency and an overall look and feel and the way the golf course can play, yeah. you know, Zoysias are, you know, we're looking at them. I mean, we're going to visit a lot of them, a lot of different places and look. I mean, in my mind, we'd be Zoysia, all the short grass would be Zoysia. Yeah. Greens, I don't know. I don't know if I put bent grass in again. I don't know if I'd go to Bermuda. I don't know if Zoysia's an option. I know there's some golf courses that are already putting Zoysia in. Well, in 10 years, I mean, you got to, I mean, I promise you Zoysia's going to be dialed in somewhere. Somewhere, somebody's going to have it, you know, and maybe that's an option. I mean, it's just, you know, Bermuda grass and bent grass both have their pros and cons here. You know, you have Bermuda, you got to cover it in the winter. Do you have guys up here that have Bermuda? We do, several. Several. Uh, Willow I, Creek. I mean, I don't ask. I mean, I just, because I'm in Nashville a lot, I don't Willow know. Willow Creek, Kiguani Farms, yeah. um, Green Meadow, Dead Horse Lake, yeah. uh, River Islands. There's at least five Anybody or six. got Zoysia that you know of? No. Yeah. Um, there's golf course out in uh, Loudon that's thinking about going Zoysia maybe next summer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, what they what they decide and what they go with. But, yeah, I, the bent grass is fantastic. I love my yeah. bent grass. I don't mind managing it. You have a couple months where it may be not the best, but, you know, all I need. How old are your greens? I mean, they're 11, you know, 11 years the, old in, now. Internal, you all redid them 11 years ago? Yep. Yeah. On the ground up, USGA yeah. specs. They're 11. And I've been in, I've been in control of them the whole time. Sure. We really don't have an organic material layer. I top dress every week. Yeah. So they stay firm and smooth even through the summer. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we airify really aggressively every spring. Uh, and then I just dry ejected in solid time a week ago. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we've done the last few years. And, Five inches of roots a week ago. Yeah. Pulled a slide. Yeah. Well, that's a success. Top's great. There actually are roots, which sometimes I look at, sometimes I don't. Sure. As well as the surface is great. Right. But, you know, we had some, and so I, I can't complain. You know, right. Everybody seems to love them. You know, I get asked by members, are we going to Bermuda grass? And I always ask, well, what's wrong with ours? They go, nothing. They're great. I go, well, all right. Well, not right now. Yeah. Maybe I mean, why eventually. Yeah, why well, don't we need to? We, we don't. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it'll be interesting in the next few years to yeah. see how the Zoysia does and you know, you never know with the Bermuda. They're, you know, they've got a new variety of champion out that's supposed to be even better. So yeah, they're always working on that stuff. So in the last twenty years, the amount of new grasses have come out has been unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's the that's what we talked about. Was I mean, how do you keep up with all that because it's ever changing? And if you're facing, I mean, you're obviously this is a career decision for you because I mean, if that's Absolutely. something you can go into, you're that you're. I mean. We don't get any younger. I mean, you're going to take that to you. You know, you're going to ride that probably out, and so you got to make a decision that you're going to want to be comfortable and live That's with. That's it. Got to live know, with and, it. And um, I think being up here in East Tennessee a little bit. I mean, the climate's not that much different than Nashville. I mean, you probably a few degrees one way or another. We're generally a couple degrees yeah. cooler here and there, but not much. But I mean, we you could go. You could go ultra dwarf on your greens and or oh, yeah. zoysia and be totally fine. Absolutely. I mean, no issue. No issue. Yeah. No issue. I don't think we'd. You know, with covers, and you know, yeah. remember about Winnie Carroll really had some, a couple of golf courses had some a couple of years ago, but yeah. it was generally where tarps blew off. Yeah. And they had some damage. That's typically generally where they had, you know, double covers, they didn't have any damage. Yeah. Single covers, they might have had a little bit, but they grew yeah. out of it pretty quickly from some of the guys around talking to them what yeah. they did. But, you know, that's the cool thing about field day and, you know, all these, you know, Sorokin's really big into all the, testing all these Zoysias. He's got Bermudas and Bents and all that stuff. So he's got a little bit of everything. So yeah. every now and then I'll we'll meet and just right out here and be like, all right, so what is that? Yeah. You know, just to see what he's got. So because he always gets the latest and greatest before everybody else. Yeah, he had a couple of on the greens up there, a couple of um well he had one variety I I wasn't familiar with called laser. 
and uh, it's on. It's the if you go up there, it, it's as uh, as you look at it, it's kind of like the uh, it wins the beauty contest, right. so to speak. Yep. But it, you know that's not always the best option. Correct. <laughs> you know, it's it, but it, it it looks great up there. So I mean, when you go up there, it's, you know, it's the one that'll stand out to you. To me, but I think right. the Prism and the Primo are the ones that yep, people are, are high on. They're starting to promote those a little yep. bit, and they're going to market with those too. Um, and so it's you know I went. At the GCSA in San Antonio, I took the half day and went out to the Blade Runner Farm, Zoja Farm, and they had the Prism, the Primo, awesome. they had all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. They had a bunch of grass that didn't have anything but numbers on them. Yeah. You know, they're not even, they don't know yet. They don't they're going to go to market or what with yeah. them. Some of those things were unbelievable looking, but it was just cool to see. And they're managing them at, ben, at Green's Height, yeah. trying to see what they can do with them. And so, just being out there a couple of years ago, the number of grasses they had they were looking at was astounding. Yep. So that's just, and then, you know, Shrocken's always got a bunch of them here as well. All right. So it's, I can just pop over and we're five minutes away and yeah. look at them. Where, is, where is your place from here as far as, I mean, it can't be that far. No. Yeah. On the river, it's about a mile yeah. by boat. It takes you about, it's about five miles by sure. car, but it's about a mile by boat yeah. to get bottom of the clubhouse. So yeah. we're really close. And I, I, I still talk about that view from the clubhouse <laughs> over that river. That's awesome yeah, over it's there. Pretty spectacular. Man, it's, yeah, it's a great place to hang out. I don't. I'd probably find me over there every once in a while, especially on a Friday night or something. Listen Friday to some music. Nights. Yep. Yeah. They do you know shrimp and suds on Tuesdays in the summer and yeah. out on the terrace. And it's it's a good time. There's always a lot of people out. So yeah, I mean, I, I could see why. I mean, it's a beautiful place. The whole place is gorgeous. I mean, it's just it's kind of a very unique setting. And and uh, man. I, mean, I know the membership loves it and it's thriving. Yeah, and it is. I mean, we're the oldest club in Knoxville. 1907 yep. when the club was founded. Yeah. Um, they the members designed 13 holes in 1908, yeah. and they brought Don Ross in in 1920 to yeah. 18 when they bought some more property. Yeah. Um, and so it's part of the clubhouse is from the 20s yeah. after the original one burned down. So the ballroom, those things are you know almost 100 years old now. Right. So it's it's pretty cool. How did y'all come up with the? Uh, what is it? The T markers. What is the, that? The, the what is that? A hatchet, a little tomahawk. Yeah, is that? That was, you know, Ron Pritchard, the architect. You know, we had a, the club logo was a shield like everybody else's. Yeah. And when he came in, he was like, you know, we're the Cherokee Country Club. You know, obviously after the Cherokee Indian Tribe, and yeah, he said, well, you know, they had, you know, some cool things, and he was kind of a history buff, and he was like, you know, they had really cool hatchets and tomahawks and stuff. Right. And so, he actually kind of sketched something out, and put it on his, uh, master plan. A couple of guys' club really liked it, and they're like, "Well, that's all right. I think we can do better." And so they sent that idea to an artist who did his research in history, and then came up with an actual replica. What's current now? That's what's current now. Yep. And then Cheeseboro Manufacturing up in Michigan, uh, they make custom golf course stuff. Yep. I'll give those guys a plug because they're the best people in the industry sure. to work with. They make my flag sticks, my tee markers. Uh, they make wooden bunker rakes. I haven't went there yet because I just know they destroy them. But you know, all our T-markers are tomahawks, and we have where the bands of color would have been. We've got different colors. We've got six sets of T-markers. or six golf courses you can play. Yeah. You know, anything from you know, black, orange, green, white, blue, red, so that you just go to your color that's on the handle, and all the T-markers look the same. They're uniform. It's, yeah. it's really cool, and it's kind of understate, understated in, in a way, but you know, the same people play the golf course every day, so right. it's great for them. We, don't have, we have a few outings a year, and it's, yeah. it's pretty simple, so... But, yeah, we try to, you know, we've got wooden flag sticks. You know, it's yeah. an old golf course. We try to make it old. Yeah. 
Uh, That's one of the unique things about it. Your your flag sticks are not only wooden, but they're they're like what three? I mean, five foot. Six feet. I almost said three foot. <laughs> they're not that small, but they're no, they're, they're the shorter. Six, they are. They're yeah. six feet. And they're you got the thick. pennant flags, don't you? Old school pennant yep. flags embroidered with the tomahawk logo. They're just white yeah. pennant flags. We've got wooden flag sticks. They're fiberglass, eighteen inches on the bottom. Yeah. Wood the rest of the way up. You know, it's just kind of a it's an older look. Yeah. And we, we like kind of the feel it gives gives the club. Yeah. You know, wooden T markers. That's wooden. You know, it's. We've got a lot of tall grass. We try to make it very, you know, we don't have any flowers on the golf course, anything like that. It's golf. It's supposed to be golf. It's a golf yeah. course. It's an old golf course. It's not a Ross golf course. It's supposed to be about golf. Sure. So that's what we try to focus our stuff on. Yeah. What's your staff like? How, how's everything with that? Uh, your key people and all just, that? Just like everybody good? else, we don't have trouble finding people over the summer yeah. for, for some summer help. You know, we've done all right. I do pretty well with students from UT. Uh, sometimes turf turns, sometimes not. I had a couple kids this summer that just wanted to work on a golf course. So they're, one of them was an architect major and one of them was an engineering, yeah. engineering major, but they both like to play golf. And right. so, uh, you know, it's been nice to have that. But, of course, they leave second week of August and the Bermuda grass is still full go. So sure. We're short right now, a few few guys just trying to get through October till the grass really Where, slows down. How many would you like to have? In the summertime, uh, counting myself and a couple assistants and equipment tech, we run 20 to 22. Yeah. Um, and normally 10 of those guys are year-round. Right. So I normally have 8 to 10 to 12 seasonal guys. I like to have them April through October. Yeah. Lots of times I end up with them May through August. Sure. Um, so it kind of the, the border months are always the most challenging. Yeah. Do you take the interns under your wing and try to – I mean, all interns can always go one of two ways. You mean you can just put them to work and let them kind of go – or do you are you, are you you intentional about trying to get them to do things that they need to learn? Because one of the things that you may have heard talked about on this podcast before is there's not a whole lot of people getting in this business again. And, and, and yeah, we want to encourage people to get in. It's slowed down. Yeah. It has. And, but I, you know, I, I talk to professionals all the time, and I'm like, send me the freshmen and sophomores. It's like – I'll get them ready to go somewhere to an internship. And yeah. when they go, they'll not be idiots. They'll know something. Right. Um, you know, obviously we teach them, you know, all the basics, mongering, drink monkers, all those things. But, you know, if a kid works for me for the summer, he's going to know how to do fertilizer, fungicide, cal- calibrations, calculations, sure. fertilizer cal- calculations. He's going to backpack spray. He's going to spray greens. He's going to spray fairways. They're going to do everything. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, water management's probably the most important thing we do. I put them right in the middle of that. Yeah. Where they know every day they're hand water in the morning and they're you know, checks and greens in the afternoon maybe. But that they're when I send them out, yeah. they're not idiots. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and I like to get them, honestly, I like to have them green when they don't know what they're doing. Right. I can kind of teach them. I try to teach them how to think, yeah. not, not what to do, but how to think. Yeah. Um, and so when they go somewhere else, they can think for themselves and take in from other people. Right. So I said, we're all a combination of who we learn from. Yeah. So I said, you learned some stuff here from me, my assistant who's been with me a few years. You know, he's a sharp guy. I said, you know, learn something from me, learn something from him, learn something from, you know, this person. I stick them in the shop. I make them spend a week with a mechanic, yeah. learn how to set reels, grind reels. You know, it's stuff that they got to know how to do. Right. You know, maybe not all the time, but they at least got to know how to do it. I agree, so, man. I, I think that's big. I mean, my first – I tell people this all the time. My first day on my internship, I was pulling a hose with a spray hawk. Now, I don't know how many people spray hawk greens or anything anymore, but that was my job. And I was like, well, what's the significance of this? And you find out real quick what it is. Very important. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and, and not only was I already getting involved with chemical applications and what was going on, but I, I was learning a process that I, you're not learning 
in a classroom. Nope. Uh, I mean, pulling a hose for a guy on a spray hawk, and you got to keep it out of his way, and he's got to, you know, all that, you know, the whole consistency and everything. So that, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's important. I think one of the things you touched on that's really important for what I think that we're the best at that we don't get known for is what we do with our water in terms of how we manage because we're in such a strange and odd transition period where where we have you know we're dealing with warm season cool season uh we have hot cold you know summers are battling you know bent grass and whatnot yep. and we learn how to manage that through our water better than just about any and that kind of translates to wherever you go you can you Absolutely. know exactly what the grass needs regardless of the temperature because you're we're we're in one of the most challenging areas absolutely it's uh i think it's uh dr Strachan famously yeah. said we can grow all grasses equally poor here yeah. in the transition sure. zone. So, you know, there's no perfect grass for this area. No. In Florida, it's obviously Bermuda grass. Yeah. You know, the Northeast, well, mint grass is it. Well, everything grows here. Nothing grows great. Right. You know, we have to manipulate it to make it good. Um, so, you know, water management, you know, I learned from, you know, everybody I've ever worked for. And, you know, I was Scott Wicker and Sykes, Chris Sykes, both worked for David Stone at the Honors, and they yeah. kind of learned from him. And then, you know, I learned a lot working with Gary Will at Council Fire and, just on water management and things. And, you know, that's evolved as we've got new greens and taken mm -hmm. care. But, you know, we typically, you know, you know, what I tell people is I think, you know, we hand water every morning if it needs it. If it doesn't, we don't. Right. We use overheads basically to water in wetting agents or sand. That's about the only time we use them in the summertime. Yep. In the afternoons, we'll go out and check them. Once this summer, I had to pull a hose in the afternoon. Sure. That was it. Um, I leave work by four o'clock every day. Yeah, I won't apologize for it. You shouldn't. Uh, I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm six to four in the summer. I'm like, that's plenty. Yeah, uh, and I'm not worried about the grass dying that day. And so that's if I had to work till six or seven o'clock every night, run around, yeah, watering stuff, I, I'd be doing something else for a living. So, well, you know, I we mean, a lot of guys. There's ten thousand different ways to do what it is we do. Right. Um, but you know. I, found a way that works from other guys and mm. tweaked it a little bit to what I do and how we do it. So greens are good, they're healthy, they're dry, they yeah. stay firm, and we give them just enough to survive 24 hours. That's yeah. all they need. So. Yeah. And y'all are using the moisture meters, which is a we big are. That's, a That's a great technology nowadays. It, it used to, We used to check moisture on a knife yeah. feel, by feel. Right. You've done that. It took me, it would take me six or eight weeks, every guy over the day, to teach him how to feel what I was feeling. Yeah, because everybody's different. Feel, right. What I wanted him to feel. Right. How to rate it on a scale of one, two, three, A, B, C. With the moisture meter, I can take him out and in a week. I can say, all right, you need to punch it 60, 70 times, whatever it is. If it's below if it's below 13, you put water on it this morning. Right. If it's not, you don't put any water on it. You know, 13, that's fine. You know, yeah. most of the summer. And something I've, because I've talked to a lot of guys, everybody's numbers are different sure because it depends on what you've got underneath how much organic material you've got yeah. how much you top dress yeah, your number might not be your number no. might be way off some other guys down the street have you know something totally different absolutely i've talked to several guys I mean, yep. you know, some guys number they water anything under 19 yeah. i'm like well 19 hours are wet he's like yeah 19 minor might start to wield at 60 i'm like yep there you go yeah. but it's all based on what's underneath and the numbers course to course are completely irrelevant yeah but you know, everybody has their own set of numbers that you figure out and it works for you. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, when TDRs, and now the POGO as well, but when the TDRs first became popular, of course, everybody's like, well, what numbers you get? What numbers you get trying to figure it out? And I was about a month in, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, our numbers are our numbers, and yeah. I don't care what anybody else's are. Yeah. Because they're just not going to be the same. And then, 
you know, I think everybody's kind of figured that out yeah. now, but it was, you know, because first, you know, we, superintendents, we talk all the time. We compare notes, and we're, a, it's an amazing industry in the fact that everybody helps each other. Right. I mean, it's not, you know, you know, one of my good friends is Ryan Hills, at Holst, Ryan Blair at Holston Hills across town. You know, we compete with them, clubs and things. Well, me and Ryan share all kinds of information. Yeah. You know, anything he's doing that, you know, he thinks might help me, you know, anything I'm doing might help him. You know, we share stuff all the time. All right. So, I mean, it's just a really cool relationship, but it, and it's not just guys in the same town. It's guys all over. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fantastic industry in that way. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, that helps. And the, but the moisture meters as far as being able to simplify me teaching an intern, yeah. how I want them to water, oh, it's so much easier. Well, where's the challenge in it if they go somewhere without a moisture meter? So do, are you still kind of implementing the what you need to be looking for, some of the things? Because, I mean, bit. I know it's specific to your golf course, but that they may go to a golf course or, you know, be an assistant somewhere, and that moisture meter is nowhere to be found. Yep. I mean, I've, I've told them that, and we talk a little bit about it. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to them about, you know, how their eyes can lie to them at times. Sure. you got to look for things, but your eyes, your eyes will lie. Yeah. You know, that's when you, you know, get into other, you know, you stick a probe in the ground, you do different things, different methods. But, yeah, talking to them about water is very important because, you know, when they get there, they just think you just turn sprinklers on. Right. That's what you do. And I'm like, no, we don't use the sprinklers that much. Yeah. like, why not? I'm like, because it doesn't need it. Right. So, I'm like, you, you know, whatever they are, the worse they are. Sure. So, I mean, so it doesn't take them long to figure out, you know, kind of what we do. And then... I like to have them. Lots of times they'll go somewhere, and then when they come back to school, they may work for me over the winter and some right. weekends and stuff. And it's always interesting to pick their brains about what they did, what they learned. And then I always get on to them. I'm like, well, why didn't you ask about that? I'll ask them a question. They're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, why not? All right. You should have asked that question. I'm like, well, I didn't think about it. I'm like, well, I'm teaching you to think. You got to think for yourself. Yeah. So if you want to do this for a living, yeah. you know, and I tell them all, I tell them all, when they work, I said, your goal should be you want my job. I said, I don't want anybody who doesn't want my job. Sure. I was like, I'm secure enough to know that you're not going to take it from me. Right. But you, that should be your goal. You know, if that's not your goal, we'll sit down and figure out what your goal is. But, you know, I want guys that are determined, you know, goal-oriented. They want to go somewhere. They want to go here and be an assistant, you know, two, three, four years. They want to go somewhere else, learn something else, two, yeah. three, four years, and then try to work their way into that spot. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I encourage them. So, I mean, I, I want them to go everywhere. I want to work for me. Yeah. Had a kid that went and worked at uh, Sand Hills and um, Valley Neal two yeah. years ago. He came back; it was an unbelievable experience, and he's one of the Will's assistants to the honors course now. So, and he's thriving. And right. He's going to be a great superintendent one day. But smart kid, good work ethic. Yeah, like to do it. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's important. I've got a couple of good kids working for me right now who are goal oriented, want to do that. Yeah, it's great, and I put lots on them. Yeah, put lots on them. The more they can take, the more I put on them. You know, they. They do all my spraying and in charge of chemical inventories and things of that nature. And they do a lot of the watering and management. And I start putting them in charge of crews on weekends and things and making them, giving them a taste of I mean, what it's to. like. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I want them, I don't want them to go somewhere and not know what they're doing. Right. Because they worked for me and then they get somewhere else. Well, that guy didn't teach you anything. Yeah. Well, no, I want them to get there and the guy go like, all right, well, you learned something. Yeah. That's good. We can go now. Yeah, I'm afraid it's far too common that they probably do go places where they may not learn as much from some people i mean it's just a different yeah, it's, style it's different styles of management yeah. you know some guys some guys don't want interns yeah. you know i i was lucky I, I did you know three years of it and all the guys i worked for liked having me there and put yeah. stuff on me and forced me to learn yeah but it was the best thing that ever happened to me yeah i mean i 
my second internship, I was the spray tech. I mean, it, nobody sprayed anything on that golf course but me all summer. Yeah. So, I mean, from day one, it was me. Right. Well, that was invaluable experience. You know, the next job I got, well, you know, you, oh, yeah, what do you need? Yeah. We got it. Just, what rates you want? I'm done. Good. Sure. I'll go spray it. No worries. Yeah. So, I mean, it just it prepared me. You right. Know, I want, I want, I'm trying to prepare these kids. I want them right. to do good. Well, what's so, one thing you would – what's one thing you could, could tell somebody to, like – grasp hold to or some bit of you know a little nugget that they can take to advance in their career um you know students i tell all my guys that if you haven't had a business or accounting class take one sure because it's big time i'm, I'm running a small business what yep. i do you know it's, it's what superintendents do you're managing a lot of things generally the golf course is the biggest asset the club yeah. the golf course normally the biggest asset you have so it's very important that you know how to speak to people in charge yep. controllers accountants things of that nature and not and know what you're talking about. Um, so I always tell them that's important. And I just tell them all the time, ask questions, man. Yeah. I was like, there's, there's, there are dumb questions, but that's okay. Yep. It's like, you know, if a guy knows you're asking a dumb question, he's going to explain to you why it's dumb, sure. he's going to tell you the right answer. Right. I was like, I don't ask anything. Yeah. I said, I don't care how many meaningless you think it is. Yep. If you don't know, ask. Yeah. I said, I guarantee you, everybody you'll ever work for would rather you ask them a stupid question as to screw something up. So. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Just ask. Yep. So don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Yep. Ask. Nobody cares. It's like you know, there's no egos here, man. Just ask. Yep. We're, we're good. Yep. We're all working for one thing here. Yeah. So that's awesome. So. Well, how's the family? Good, man. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, me and UT grad, I just dropped my daughter off, my oldest, for her second year at University Look of Kentucky. Out. There you go, Kentucky. So she's big Blue Nation. How'd you let that born. happen? I tried not to, but she's you know. Stubborn like her mother, so yeah. she wanted to go there. Yeah. My um, uh, youngest is a senior in high school, playing volleyball, doing well. Yeah. She UT still on her school list, but we're also visiting Kentucky and South Carolina and Georgia. So I'm pushing real hard, but <laughs> sometimes that's got to hurt the old man, heart, man. Oh, it, I, I told her every time every time she comes home wearing a Kentucky shirt, it, it, I die a little inside. Yeah. So, but but yeah, they're they're both good, healthy, yeah. doing great. So. Yeah. No complaints there. Awesome. No complaints there. Wife's great. Yep. Good job. Lance, my dog's awesome. So he'll yeah. be four next month. So he goes to work with me every day. So yeah. he's the best buddy I could have. No doubt. Excited for football? I am. Yeah. I am. We, we, we might be mediocre to decent this year. So that's that's yeah. an improvement. Well, has every year's years. a new a new start. New. Hey, man. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just glad there's some little positive energy around. Yeah. It's it was it was rough for a few years. Yeah. I was in school when we were really, really good. Yeah. I got out, and we were good for a couple of years, and then it's yeah. been crap since. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm just excited that it's, you know, there's positivity around. It's yeah. not negative. So it's a good thing. Sure. Well, I love this time of year, football. I mean, you know, we won't get into my preferences for who, you know, because. <laughs> no, we, we won't. We, I, I know. I, I, we yeah, don't need that. Yeah, I hear you. I'm in the wrong country to start <laughs> talking about that. But, um, you know, what I, it's just one of these. Great times of year. It's fun. The day is great. I mean, what are you excited about seeing before? I, I know your time's value. I want to, a little bit of everything. Yeah. I, I want to look at the grass, the zoysias yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know what Horvath's got going on fun sidewise, but he's always got something he's tried that's different, that's yeah. new. And so he's always got some of that. And yeah. then, you know, like everybody else around, I lean on Brosnan pretty hard for, you know, rotating chemicals for pre-merge and post-control yeah. and all that stuff. And Brosnan is Nobody's better at it than oh, he is, man. Rock solid. He is so yeah. good at that, yeah. and and just he, he's on on his game. Yeah. So he's really good. So yeah. you know all all these guys, the the program, what they've done with this place is sure. 
fantastic. So, yep. I mean, I couldn't be happier to be out here and be a small part of it, you yep. know, just being alumni and participating. And, you know, I try to get back and, sure. you know, I'll go talk to one of the classes every time, you know, once a year, time to time. And so, you know, I, I love being part of that and the fact that, you know, I'm kind of proud to be part of the turf program over there. Yeah, So for real. So at one point it was just where I went to school, but, yep. you know, it's turned into a lot more than that. Yep. So. Well, Jason, man, I've known you for a long time, and uh, it was great to sit down and chat with you for a few minutes. I know your time is valuable, and you got a lot of things you want to check out. But uh, thanks again. I, I look forward to getting yep. over there and seeing your place and hopefully knocking the ball around and Absolutely. Uh, enjoy thanks it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jake. Man, enjoyed it's, it. It's a, it's a fun time, and uh, so enjoy the day. And um, everybody go check him out at uh, Cherokee Country Club if you're ever in Knoxville, Tennessee. So that's it for another episode of Making the Turn. I'm your host, B.J. Parker, and until I – talk to you soon. Uh, I'll see you next time on the next episode. Thanks.